Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Welcome once again, folks, to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 19. This will be the third in a series of interviews with Texas singer-songwriters. A couple of shows back, I talked with Darden Smith, who compared his more traditional Texas roots with English pop influences like Nick Lowe and Elvis Costello. In the last show, I talked with Dallas native Patrice Pike, who, again, compared her Texas roots with some more jazz and rock influences, and also talked about taking some downtime after a, after a long summer tour. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with second-generation Texas songwriter Colin Gilmore. Now, if that last name sounds familiar, Colin is the son of Texas songwriter Jimmy Dale Gilmore, but he has a style very much his own, although you can hear just a touch of his dad's voice in his when he sings, which is a very cool thing. Colin just finished a solo run through California a few weeks ago, and um, and actually to back up a little bit, I met Colin last summer at the Strawberry Music Festival up in Yosemite, California. Uh, I've talked about about Strawberry on the show before, but basically after the main show at night, everybody has a camp and there's a lot of jams going on. In the case of of, of the Friday night at Strawberry last fall, um, some folks from the station KVMR, which is a great Americana local independent station up in Nevada City, California, and there's a link to it on my website, by the way. We're hosting a songwriting circle, and Colin was the featured performer. I got invited to play, and I think about 11.30 it kicked off, and there were maybe five or six of us all taking turns playing songs. And as the night rolled on, I think it was around 2.30 or so. Colin and I were the only two that were left. There were a few people still listening. And as things wound down eventually, I told Colin, I said, this was a lot of fun. And if you ever come out to California, I'd love to do an interview with you and do a show on you. And he said, well, I'll be there in a couple of months. So a couple of months went by. He got a hold of me. And um, as the timing worked out, I was playing at a place called Pacific Crest Apiaries, um, which is literally down the road from me here in Watsonville, the same day that Colin was doing an appearance at a local radio station here in town. So Colin did the radio appearance, came out to the farm, did a guest set, sold a few CDs, and the next day we hooked up and talked about his Texas influences, um, some of the experiences he went through booking his own tour out here in California. And if you missed him on this run and you're in California, he plans on doing it quite a bit, and you'll hear why in this interview. He also talked about some of the, the differences between playing solo and playing with a band, which I thought was kind of interesting. So um, I want to remind you, if you're new to this show, that um, along with this, this audio file or this radio show, Songs and Stories, there are links to go with this show on my site at michaelgather.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. You'll find links to Colin's CDs. You'll find links to where he's playing. You'll find links to things that we'll talk about during the interview. And um, if you're interested in some past shows, there are links to all my past shows up on the up on the site as well. So before we get to listening to Colin Gilmore, I'd like you to hear Colin Gilmore. So here are two music clips. The first is a little bit of Black Vines, the title track off his new four-track EP, which you can only buy at live shows, but you can also buy the downloads of the songs on Colin's MySpace page, and there's a link to that on my site. 
The other is a live version of a song called The You That I Knew. And this is off the full-length CD, The Day the World Stopped and Spun the Other Way. Uh, the live version you're going to hear was recorded live at the Honey Farm, Pacific Crest Apiaries. Every now and then, everyone decides they need some time alone. That's how I read what you said. There are no eyes on the telephone. No words of kind consolation to say the evening's gonna go from blue to gray. I don't need you in front of me to watch a good thing fade away. Tonight, my arms are turning to black vines. My arms are turning to black vines. My heart is turning to cold. Thank you. I got one more for you here. Let Mike take it back over. Tonight I hit the city all alone. You said your night was over and you thought you might just stay home. And I can't complain about nothing When you're just doing what you want to do But I wonder still what happened to the you that I knew It wasn't long ago if I recall You said rhyme meant very little And reason meant nothing at all and the wind kept a blowing, the beat kept a going. If the record missed a measure or two, but that was only true of the you that I knew. The you you are now, the you you were then. You were more than a dream, you were more than a friend. Now you're over my head, way out of my league, flying high, so high I can't even see. What did you do with the you that I knew? This is your, you, you've played California before, but this is your first sort of solo outing kind of... Yeah, it's my first tour just under my own name here. And what's it been like? Uh, beautiful. Very, very good so far. Mm -hmm. We're in a kitchen and there's the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's Strawberry when we were talking, you... Um, so you were coming out here early November, and I said, and I remember asking you, where are you playing? And you said, anywhere I can. Yeah. So you really kind of just, you, you really put this all together yourself, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I organized it myself. I did have a lot of help out here, just, you know, uh, word of mouth and, and uh, meeting people who knew a club for me to play at and Good. so forth. Yeah. And that's how it came together. I'm convinced it's, it's, it's talent and it's luck and it's, and it's knowing people. I mean, the skill comes yeah. first, but you, you know, you have to get out there and, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, first of all, uh, like, do you know me? And then second of all, do you like me? And do you, uh, 
like my music enough to stick your neck out and sure. tell a club owner to have me play there. <laughs> yeah, then you're then I'm sure you're then you're mailing out CDs and hoping you get a call, but you know that kind of you, yeah. That, that it's a were lot. You of it's, a, were you doing a lot of the sending out the promo packs, or was it mainly phone calls and emails? Uh, a lot of emails. Um, a lot of uh, you know, I did a lot of uh, I did a little bit of sending promo packs, but I would only do that if the place would specify it and mm-hmm. um, if. Uh, because you know, I think a lot of a lot of places are like just send me a, a an electronic press kit, mm-hmm. which I did a lot. I, I like that, which is I, good. I yeah. like when they say yeah, send that. Well, um, you know, for someone like that's doing it on their own, it's I mean, for one, it's cheaper, it's greener, and I think it just it saves people trouble if they want to. Oh, they, they don't have yeah. to like sift through stuff. They can just go to links to see if they like what they see in here. I yeah. I think so. I mean, there's something to be said for having something in your hand, but sometimes yeah. that you know. That that's like you're saying it is you know a lot more environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. It's um, quicker, easier, cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't count how many times I've gone to the post office to mail a couple of CDs and then you, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you play on the way out to California and and like how how often were you playing? Oh, you know, uh, on the way out, all I did I I played one little place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's the only stop I had. And then I did a okay. full drive from That's there to San Diego. Yeah. yeah. And what was L.A. like? L.A. was great. Okay. Um, I played the cinema bar there mm-hmm. and a very good receptive crowd. Good. Um, uh, the, uh, I was borrowing a good amp, too. That mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then uh, Ventura... I played a place. Uh, it's the town is I think officially called Oxnard, but it's also this section is called Silver Strand, and uh, it's a uh, just this place that it's way off the beaten path on the beach called Beachcombers, mm-hmm. and uh, some friends of mine put me up for that and uh, got got really good press out there. Bill Losey with the Ventura County Star gave me a two-page uh, uh, write-up and everything, nice. Very interview nice. and everything. Yeah. That's cool. And tonight you're playing Don Quixote's with Sherry Austin. Mm-hmm. And what's left for California? Are you going north? Are you going yeah, north? going north, doing the Bay Area. Got a gig uh, at um, on the eighth Thursday at, in Berkeley at Cafe Trieste. The eleventh, which is a Sunday, playing Rancho Nicasio. Oh, cool. Yeah, just just north of the Bay there. You book some nice venues. Yeah, yeah, some good stuff there. Um, uh, the uh, Rancho Nicasio. I'm doing a couple of radio things mm-hmm. on uh, KRSH mm-hmm. and uh, KWMR on uh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool station, KRSH. Yeah. I was we were coming through there a while back, and I thought I was picking up KPIG. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. Ameri- it's, it's got a real wide Americana form. Yeah, that's, so that's perfect. What it seems like Dallas Dobro. I'm going on there with him. Oh good. Yeah, and then I'm going to Grass Valley. Uh, at the Briar Patch Co-op, mm-hmm. uh, the grocery store, I'm basically playing at, and then uh, then on to uh, Eugene and Portland, yeah. and then heading back. Good, good, yeah, very cool. And I wanted to ask you, we were talking about it before I had the recorder going, but talk about your honeymoon for people that missed, that weren't here in the kitchen when we had that conversation. What was your honeymoon like? Honeymoon was in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a, a working honeymoon. That <laughs> uh, my wife and I had a great time, but it was a lot of work. So um, it was uh, basically it was a solo tour, uh, eight cities in ten days. But I had a different band back me up every town that I went to. Oh. The the guy that the, put the 
concert, uh, the the tour together, he gave all my MP3s and the charts to my songs to all of them. So every town I got to, it was a different band backing me up, and they were all phenomenally good. And the audience went crazy over it. Sold out of the new EP and everything. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a honeymoon. Uh, Yeah, it was. (laughs) And that's the funny thing. It was like, we were like, well, you know, it was crazy, but it was also a chance to go to Japan and uh, make a good story later on, you know. Sure. (laughs) Like you were saying, I owe my wife a honeymoon. Yeah, pretty much. A, a, A regular real honeymoon. Yeah. This reminds me of because you're playing solo on this tour. You played yesterday at the Honey Farm in Watsonville. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer band or solo, or are there, are there things you prefer about either and both? You know, I, I like both. Um, especially, you know, if the band's really good, I like playing with the band. Yeah. Uh, there's, 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 those band gigs can be a lot of fun. Um, it's obviously harder to take a band on the road, um, right. and it's also uh, if if it's a place where people are really listening closely. Uh, I like to do solo because there's a lot that I can get across yep. solo that it's that with the band it just it's it's very uh, you have to have practiced a lot you have to really have gotten that down you know and and right now I, I play with a lot of different musicians back home and mm-hmm. uh, they've all got a lot of different projects so we got a lot we each band we've got to get a good number of shows under our belt before we mm-hmm. can I can see that start making it really happen yeah I find playing that it's it's harder to be subtle with your with the band because yeah. you and, you know, I can't pull out a song that I haven't played in six months. Well, yeah, I want to play this. True. Oh, they don't know it. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, we'll all follow along, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the band. Well, and, and it's hard. Play. It's really, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, go, let's go backwards. I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that music was a part of your household growing up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With my dad, my mom. Uh, Did she play as well or sing as well? Yeah, my, my mom is a very good singer um, and, 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 uh, plays guitar also and has always you know just from day one taught me some of the greatest players and everything and and uh she's the one that really you know she got me my guitar lessons and Mm -hmm. uh really uh helped move me along early on my dad was a great influence too a little bit more from a distance because i I, most of my life i didn't live my younger years i didn't live with him so Mm -hmm. uh but uh he always taught me great music, you know, and of course, hearing him and Joe and Jesse Taylor, Butch, uh, Terry Allen, all those guys play was a big part of it, too. Yeah, what a group of mentors to have. Yeah, to be absolutely. Wow. When did you start writing? Have you always written, or did it come late? Did it come... Yeah, I, you know, I... I, uh, I, 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 I was going to ask, was it sort of be, was it intimidating being around all those Texas greats trying to write your own stuff, or was it something you just did naturally? Well, when I when I started writing, I was, you know, I was living in Austin, and it was, I was in a punk band, and we were, we just kind of wrote whatever came mm-hmm. to our mind, and we did, didn't care what anyone yeah. thought of it, and, it, you know, that I think that was a good start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, because it... It started just purely from the heart and purely for fun, and so uh, which is what it should be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, later on from that, I, I was in choir. I was uh, did some classical guitar lessons, uh, stuff like that. And then uh, when I got out of college, is really when I started uh, writing. It's when I went to Europe. Actually, I, I wrote kind of my first song to play that I could play in front of people, you know, and, and be proud of it. I wrote that in Ireland, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, came back and kept it going and uh showed you know the group of guys my my dad and his friends the songs and they were pretty impressed they they 
the when Joe Ely first heard it, he was like, "Hey, you know, I, I want to help you out however I can." And and uh, we've thrown around the idea since then of recording together and everything. It, it hadn't, wow. it had, it's never, never uh, hadn't taken shape yet, but but we, we we still haven't thrown the idea out. That would be very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask, but I think you've answered. What are some of your non-Texas musical influences? It sounds like. I mean, starting in a punk band, there's got to be all that. And yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when I was when I was, uh, I guess, about eight years old, I was crazy about Michael Jackson and the album Thriller. That was the first album I ever got. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy about that, and also I got into stuff like the Cars and the Alarm, a lot of new wave, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and and punk rock very much. The Clash and the Sex Pistols and yeah. The Pogues are probably my favorite of them. And, good choices. Uh, yeah. We yeah. have a lot of common ground. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Yeah. To me, I think The Clash is one of the most underrated bands of all time. It's because they, they went in so many directions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. They pulled it all off, too, somehow. Yeah. Um, let's, talk, let's talk about the new EP. So you, you've recorded in the past. You've got... At least one full-length CD? A co- full-length album called The Day the World Stopped. And Is that available now? Way. Yeah, that's available. It okay. should be available in stores. Uh, uh, and it's available on uh, CD Baby and iTunes also. Okay, good. I'll put links to that on the podcast. Okay, too, so. yeah, great. So everybody can go out and buy it. And this new EP... Um, that, I've only got at live shows now. It's mm-hmm. called Black Wine. Uh, yeah, recorded in Austin. Uh, self-produced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, a lot of good musicians on there. Yeah, it's, it's got a great sound to it, and it's real. It's 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 a big sound, but it's not too big. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really supports the songs. Good. I wanted to ask you. I think for. when we met at Strawberry, we were playing in that tent late at night. Yeah. Um, I think the first song I heard was Black Vines. Yeah, yeah. What's that song about, and where did it come from? Uh, what it's about, I'm not really sure, but where it came from is. It's got uh, a great abstract. I mean, it's it's got a great <laughs> catchy chorus, but I keep listening to do, listening to it thinking. What the hell is he talking it's about? Gr- yeah, it's cool, but I just can't figure out, you know. <laughs> yeah, which is you fine know, too. The uh, the uh, the the main inspiration for it was uh, when I was uh, about fifteen. There was a house I lived at that for about six months, and about in that six months, I think I I did and saw more than I have the rest of my life combined. It was mm. just this, I mean, complete. Rejection of any uh, rejection of any rules, any uh, any uh, ethical code, anything. It just everything goes. And um, so uh, it's when I just moved to Austin from Lubbock, and so and it, it basically black lines is just uh, black vines is just basically recalling that time of my life and mm-hmm. feelings I felt and things I saw and. Uh, which, which, if you listen to the song, it won't, that that won't help you make sense of the song anymore. But that's where it came from. But it's a great song. <laughs> Thank you. And this EP is available at shows. Are the songs on your MySpace page? Yeah, they yeah. are. So you can uh, just listen to them. There. You can go there, uh, and uh, I think you can even buy them on the on the. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, electronically, yeah. yeah. But right now, just live shows. That's it. Yeah. I've interviewed. I've been able to interview a couple of Texas songwriters lately. I asked this question, but. What's unique about being a songwriter from Texas, or what do you think? What do you think typifies Texas songwriting? Because there seems to be a this huge 
just yeah, there, there's a ton of musicians there, and I've yeah. never quite understood. I mean, why. The other states I mean, have songwriters. There's something about being a Texas songwriter that just seems. Yeah, it, well, it, the Texas, they, I don't know, they, it's a community for one thing. They're yeah. generally pretty supportive of each other. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of the old west in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's it's still got that rebel attitude, you know, proud to be Texan, all that, uh, and. Uh, I think in a lot of places, Lubbock particularly, there's just not much else to do, um, and it's music. and it's still uh, Aust- Austin's still, by and large, not an industry town, mm-hmm. so it's not there. Sleepy John just walked in, <laughs> and, uh, we cut, and we cut it on tape. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still not an industry town overall, and and I think in some ways that uh, that uh allows a lot of just free thinking and creativity to mm-hmm. flourish where it, it where if as if Austin did become an industry a real heavy industry town uh, with major labels there and everything there might be more of a focus on getting signed mm-hmm. um, versus creating r- right or right. having fun with which it. you know ideally they go hand in hand but, yeah. but a lot of times they don't so right. it's probably I guess it probably goes back to what's the motivation behind playing do you want to Get signed on a major label, or do you want to make good music? And yeah. they, they kind of go together, but or yeah, something's it, I driving mean, the we'd other. We'd all like to do both, you know. But <laughs> no uh, you know, you, you kind of I think the more you do it, the more you kind of start seeing. Okay, well, this is the path that I'd like to go, and this is the path that seems uh, the most likely where I can succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you try it for a while, you figure out where where, where can I fit and what, what makes yeah. the most sense, and yeah. And I, for a while, well, sometimes you just you got to break that if you if you want to bad enough, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it, that that happens too. I think yeah. where you're like, hey, this makes sense. Yeah. I think I'm gonna not do it, you know. <laughs> and it seemed like for a long time, at least recently, the the attitude was you got to be independent. In fact, I just I finished my Patrice Pike interview, putting it together this morning. We had this conversation. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, there's this thing about you know you got to be independent. And she said, I've done both. I've been on labels and I've done it myself. And she said. I like doing it myself, but there's also a time where you want to go on a major label. Yeah, yeah. Or a, or a, or a, or a major small label. Right. There's some, pros and cons to both of them. Somebody that can that has some pull and some recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you were saying, booking this little California tour, it was a lot of phone calls and a lot of. But if if you're having somebody doing it for you, maybe it can make you more successful. Yeah, and it well, can there, free you up to do your music. Yeah, there, there's all different. Uh, you know, there's labels. There's also, uh, you know, you could uh, if if you had a booker, if you all, if you had a, which I have in the past. I've never been on a major label, but I have mm-hmm. had a booking agent. And, uh, I've had people not officially manage me, but uh, really be my cheerleader, you yeah. know, and going out spreading the word about me, and that that helped immensely too. Yeah. Um, uh, for right now, you know, it 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 uh, that's it, I I'm I'm always looking for representation on any front, but I'm also uh, not waiting around for it to. To make things happen, kind of what I say is, no one's going to do it for me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or you yeah, can wait so around true. for it. Let's talk about songwriting really quick too. Are you the type that writes every day? Do you just keep a notepad with you and just write things down, or is it sort of a mix of both? If you have time and downtime, do you write? I try to. Um, I don't write. I'm not. I don't call myself prolific um, because I don't write very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I. That's pretty common, actually. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I, th- I think it's a rare gift. Um, and I, I've grown up with people that had that, and it's it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a really good quality. Um, I'm always just 
I try to keep my eyes out and ears out for inspiration. Um, and and then I but I try to uh, write often enough to where I can uh, you know build build uh, build my chops up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when the inspiration does come, I, I'm not just sitting there going, "Wow, that was." How cool. do I write what do a I song? Do with what it? do I yeah. do? <laughs> where does where does the chorus go? Yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. Cool. So what's next? You're going to finish up this 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 California Oregon tour, and then yeah, any immediate uh, plans? I, well, I've got a uh, I've got a uh, tour with Anna Eggie that I, that, wow. that I'm going to be doing. Where she and I are going to be touring the Northeast uh, early next year, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, after that, no, I'm gonna gonna keep writing and try to record another album as soon as I can. There's mm-hmm. no specific plans. Um, I am planning on writing and recording more with Scott Matthews <laughs> in Mill Valley. Um, he actually, he and I actually co-wrote Black Vines That's and Time to Fly Away again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we've got we've got plans on doing some more writing and everything. Yeah. How did you How did you and Scott hook up? We met through a friend of his and mine named Patrick Clifford, uh, who and Patrick was uh, kind of unofficially managing me for a while. He mm-hmm. he had left RCA Records as as the A and R guy there, and came to Austin wanted to uh, do something independent. And so, uh, in that course of time when we were working together, he moved to Nashville. But in that course of time that he was there, uh, he introduced me to a lot of a lot of really great people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of them was Scott Matthews. So we might see you out in California more than once in a while. Yeah, that, I'm I'm planning on uh, focusing on the West Coast as my as my touring spot for the U.S. It's above any other region, um, even Texas probably. Yeah. Um, We're in a good. I think there's a real circuit here because you've got San Francisco and you've got places like here in Santa Cruz. You get a lot of people that are doing these these weeknight gigs because yeah. they're between San Francisco and L.A. There's Cambria. It's it's just golden. There's so many people yeah. out here. So many. Uh, you know, good uh, supporters of music, yeah. listeners, and and so many great musicians as well. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it's it is you, you can just go up the line and do it. And yeah, and plus with um, Key Pig Radio being close by, and they're they're hitting four different, they're hitting Cambria, they're hitting Chico now, and they're hitting San Francisco on the main frequency. So there's a lot of places that yeah. this stuff can be heard and, yeah. and find an audience. Absolutely. Cool. Well, then we'll see you next time in California. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. I love that quote. Do you know me? Do you like me? I don't think I could, I could sum up booking your own tour any better than that. But that was Colin Gilmore, uh, the third in this little series of interviews with Texas singer-songwriters. Uh, if you missed the first two, the ones with Darden Smith and Patrice Pike, uh, they're on my site, michaelgather.com, and you can click and download this into those as well. And as far as what makes a Texas singer-songwriter or what makes it special about being a songwriter from Texas, what did Colin say? Out in Lubbock, there isn't much to do. That could be part of it. I think maybe part of it is just that songwriting... Songs tend to be something you share with people anyway. And the songwriters I've met tend to be very supportive and communal by nature. I know when I started writing, people wanted to help and co-write and bring me along. And maybe that just rolls into more of that. And maybe Texas is just a little extra special in that way. Uh, once again, I want to remind you about Colin's two CDs. The EP is called Black Wine. You can buy it live at shows or download the tracks from his MySpace page. And the, the full-length CD, The Day the World Stopped and Spun the Other Way, you can get off his website from cdbaby.com or go to my site, michaelgather.com, and there are links to all that stuff up there as well. Uh, 
Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Songs and Stories. And um, whether you heard this off my site, whether you subscribed to it through iTunes, or maybe you heard it off the internet-based Baltimore station, Grateful Dead Radio, which is broadcasting this at 7.30 on Friday evenings. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments about this show or any past shows, you can go to my site, click on the Add Comment button for that particular episode, leave the comments there, or just send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com. <laughs>